Hi, thank you for downloading Faraway Fan. I just like to ask you if I can to rate the show. It'll help introduce us to new listeners. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Faraway Fan Pod. That's Faraway Fan Pod. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Andres. I come from Norway, and I am a fan of River Plate in Argentina. And I am the creator of River Plate Nor on Twitter. Hi, Andres. Yeah. How are you doing? Hey, man. I can't complain. It's uh, it's a great day. Uh, a little bit cloudy outside here compared to uh, how you're feeling down in India, but it's still a good day. You you didn't have to start today the day by telling me it was twelve degrees. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you know com- compared to Nor- compared to India, you know this is uh, in my eyes it's a little bit cold. Compared to India, obviously, but you know it's it's a typical spring in Norway. So tell me about the town you live in. Yeah, I live in Olesund, or just close to Olesund, which is a you know medium-sized town on the western coast part of Norway. It's uh, it's a very old town. It's famous for uh, two things. Uh, in 1904, the, the city burned down oh. to the ground because of a huge fire. And uh, when they rebuilt it, they rebuilt it in uh, a style which uh, was uh, known at the time as Yugen style. So it's actually one of the best preserved Yugen style cities in the world. So we get a lot of tourists because of that. Oh, wow. And it's also uh, a fishing capital of Norway because Norway is huge when it comes to fishing, import and export of fish and uh, processing and stuff like that. So Olesund is, uh, is a, being a coastal town. It's um, It has a big fishing fleet and it's uh, very well known for exporting cod um salted cod which is used in bacalao so we have a lot of export to portugal and brazil especially i offer the guests some uh, coconut water but i don't think your weather is uh, is really great for co- no. coconut water at the moment so no i doubt it <laughs> yeah but what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna just send you something a little bit oh nice <laughs> nice yeah hopefully someday i'll get you a real one yeah hopefully hopefully It would be cool. So, Andres, tell me, how and why River Plate? Well, first off, uh, I was adopted from Colombia when I was just a baby. All right. And I grew up here in Norway. Um, and I've always been a fanatic about football. And um, when I was a kid, I used to follow not just... Well, English football is, is huge in Norway. English football is like... It's always been the biggest league to follow. Right. So, I'm a big Manchester United fan. As well, I started following Manchester United in the early 90s. Okay. And um, as I started to playing video games or, you know, computer games, I, I just grew more fascinated by European football as a whole. Like, you know, I found out a lot about the different leagues and different countries and different mm. players. And uh, when Championship Manager started to evolve, uh, I was an avid fan of that. And I used to play that all the time. And I often sought out to play in South America, being from South America. Right. And, you know, you didn't have South American football on TV or anything like that. And this is, you know, pre-YouTube years and, and everything like that. So when I got a copy of Championship Manager 98, 99, mm-hmm. and I started playing with uh, River Plate, uh, because, you know, you always heard about River Plate, you always heard about Boca Juniors, just two major South American clubs. You always heard about Flamengo and stuff like that. But Argentine football really got to me, you know. It's just, it's, it's always, I've always been very fascinated by Argentine football. And uh, during World Cups and such, I always uh, supported Argentina when Colombia didn't participate or after they went out 
after the group stages and like in a World Cup of 1990, I used to support Colombia heavily and then I supported Argentina when Colombia went out. So, you know, the Argentine football has always been close to my heart. And with the Championship 99 with River Plate, it just took off really because River Plate had such a, a great squad at that time, such great players. And it was just something else than you could find in Europe pretty much. So I started following River Plate then. I was just like a Championship Manager fan. But um, as the years went on, I, you know, I continuously started playing football manager and stuff like that. And I always had the same game with River Plate, and I just got more and more into it. And I used to follow the games by YouTube, actually, okay. in the 2010, around 2010-ish, something like that. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I just got real fascinated by it. And, you know, I, I've been a River Plate fan ever since, really. So in 2013, mm-hmm. I decided, or actually late 2013, beginning of 2014, I decided that I wanted to uh, create a Twitter account for River Plate because there was uh, there was only one English-speaking River Plate account, but it wasn't very active. I think it just had a couple of, you know, tw- maybe 25 posts or something like that. Okay. So I decided, you know, I wanted to do something about it. And I uh, obviously, uh, in retrospect, maybe I should have, you know, called the account River Plate English or something like that. But I decided to call it River Plate Noor. I just, you know, started figuring out things about River Plate because I speak a little bit of Spanish and um, a friend of mine from Norway, he was uh, actually studying abroad in Buenos Aires as an exchange oh. student. Uh, so I had a bit, bit of contact with him. So he helped me out in the beginning, you know, we sort of like run the account together and he helped me out with news, you know, rumors, stuff like that. And I just picked up, I just started reading every online newspaper and followed every fan blog that I could and, you know, just started translating and, you know, just really just supporting people with the River Plate related news. And it's, it, you know, it's kind of been growing. And yeah. when we met Boca Juniors in the in the Copa Libertadores final back in 2018, that's when it took off. Because for the first time ever, Norwegian TV or Norwegian broadcasting, they decided to show the games live on TV. Oh. So the big television channels and the internet channels around here, they were looking to create a lot of... Uh, sparks around the, the final and the fact that they were going to show South American Champions League live on Norwegian television. So I was interviewed by a couple of media outlets and oh. um, that's when it you know when it really took off. And uh, uh, Tom, a good friend of mine who runs the River Plate English account on Twitter, him and I, we started talking when he created the account. I helped him out with a logo and you know we, we just kept in touch ever since. And we decided to make a podcast. We've been talking about making a podcast for so many years. Okay. And actually, at late last last year, we finally made a dream come true. So we started up a English speaking River Plate podcast, and uh, yeah, so we keep in, in good touch. We help out each other, and we talk every <clears throat> every now and then from uh, from time to time on on the WhatsApp and and stuff like that, and just exchange information and talk about life in general. So he's he's grown to become a very good friend of mine. So what's your uh, earliest memory of the club? Earliest memory? Uh, it has to be uh, 99 when, you know, the, the team was just, you know, they had all the young superstars like Saviola and Pablo Aymar, Andres de Alessandro. They had Juan Pablo Serin. Um, they had uh, Abidan Sierra in goal. They had a, just a fantastic lineup, you know, and Cavanagh uh, coming back a few years later. It was just, you know, that team was... It was uh, pretty much uh, unbeatable back home in Argentina. They won the Clausura. Saviola, he not he was just uh, he was just you know the typical wonder kid. 
he scored lots of goals and yeah it was just a fantastic team really it was just you know you, if if you're going to list a favorite team consisting of different players i think Aymar, Saviola, Delessandro and uh, obviously surrender all going to be on that team at one one point or another i guess so uh, when did you start really watching it were you getting games at that time no uh we didn't so uh that wasn't a you know it wasn't in the earliest days of internet but it was you know internet had come a little bit a, a little on the way from what it was so it was manageable to google up results and follow it through google but i could never watch any games so when i first started watching games that was actually in 20 i believe it was 2012 or 12 2013 yeah but uh, the superliga they used to broadcast the games online uh, via youtube so you could watch every single superliga game via youtube uh come sunday which is the game game day in argentina and unfortunately for me river plate um, is always either it's the second last game of the night or the very last game of the night because you know they always boca juniors and river plate being the two biggest teams in argentina they always get, are always scheduled to play late okay so i could uh, i could only watch the games forever when i didn't have anything to do the next day on the following monday you know going into work at eight o'clock in the morning and games starting maybe one o'clock in the morning it was impossible to 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 watch so but i used to watch the highlights all the time and i got to follow copa libertadores via internet and found you know different kind of streams obviously to watch them and uh that's how i really got going have you been to to argentina to see a game no i'm i'm going down next summer hopefully that's the plan I'm going to visit uh, South America next summer. Okay. Uh I'll be visiting Tom and a few others in Argentina next summer hopefully and uh, we're already decided to go catch a couple of games in Argentina not just River Plate but all around and uh, he's going to show me around and uh, you know just get the feel of of the Argentine football from day to day. It's going to be great. The El Clasico planned? Uh I don't know. I don't think uh I don't, if i'm lucky i get to i get to to go to that game but uh you know who knows but hopefully that will be the the ultimate thing i i promise myself that one of the things i'm going to do before i die is watch uh, super classico at uh, el monumental that that rivalry is is fierce man yeah boca juniors is uh, they're the, the most hated rivals that we have i mean um a couple of years ago uh river plate managed to uh, get uh, they were de- uh, degraded to the second division or uh, the first division below superliga yeah that was 2011 2000, uh, 2011 yeah mm-hmm. and uh you know boca fans they were cheering and they've been mm-hmm. you know creating so many songs and that's been their go to thing ever since it happened you know even though we just stayed down for one year it was mm-hmm. like the boca fans they found something new every single time to use against us in terms of of going down and uh when we faced them in the Copa Libertadores fans it was actually the best thing that could have happened to to the club because you know obviously we ended up winning winning the game over two games yeah uh, but you know it was just so much drama you know with the second leg yeah moved to to Madrid um talks of it not being played and the bus attack and everything it was just you know it was just pure mayhem and uh, you know for us to win they can sing all they want about us being degraded but you know now we have a couple libertadores they have more couple libertadores titles than us but we have the one that counts because we beat them in the final so 
for a replay fan, that is, uh, the, you know, it's, it's probably the greatest moment in our illustrious history. You know, River Plate against uh, against Boca Juniors is just a different level of rivalry. You know, the the, the saying is that approximately sixty percent of the people living in South America supports either Boca or River. Mm. You know, doesn't matter if you live in Brazil or Paraguay or Colombia or Uruguay, wherever. You know, that's just just go to speak volumes how big those two clubs are on the continent of South America. So you know, it's uh, it's a different kind of game down there. It's crazy, man, and that kind of passion. I can understand. Um, I understand the passion, but it's difficult to understand the uh, the violence. It, but it, I guess it comes from a long drawn out history between the two clubs, and and just yeah, and f- socially also. I think right. Yeah, football is it's such a big deal in Argentina because you know when when the country is down in recession, the only thing you have to rely on is football games. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and supporting your your team, and um, a week prior to the first game of the 2018 finals, uh, this was actually on the south coast of Argentina, which is like it was like almost, I believe it was like close to 800 miles from Buenos Aires. There were two neighbors uh, that you know they've been neighbors their entire life. These, these these were two guys in their 60s, and one. Uh, was a supporter of River Plate. The other one was a supporter of Boca Juniors. And they started talking, just, you know, just day to day. They, they've been living next door to each other for 30 years. And they just started talking about who's going to win the Copa Libertadores mm-hmm. and ended up in a huge fight. And one of the guys, I'm not sure if it was the Boca or the River fan, but one of them set fire to the other guy's home. You know, and that was oh. eight, 800 miles from Buenos Aires. You know, that was not in the city. They didn't get to go to, to the game or visit La Boca or visit the Nunez part of, of Buenos Aires. They were literally out on the countryside of Argentina just arguing about which team was going to win the Copa Libertadores. And that just goes to speak volumes on how big River and Boca Juniors really are in Argentina. That's just in Argentina, you know. They're huge. And these were two neighbors living next door to each other for 30 years, you know, just started fighting and bickering. And, you know, one guy sets fire to the other guy's homes. It's just crazy. That's, that's- that's shocking. Yeah, it's yeah crazy, I, mean, man. I mean that's the kind of that's the kind of level of, of passion that you find in Argentina, you know. So, like I said, th- that's River Plate against Boca Juniors. But if it had been Independiente versus Rating or San Lorenzo against Huracan or some other teams that you know are, are stacked up against another, mm-hmm. it would it would have been the same thing because Argentines, the Argentine people, they're so proud and they take so much pride in their football yeah. teams. You know, that's their day-to-day sort of like survival you know mm-hmm, if if, mm-hmm. if your team performs well you know that this is going to be a good week for you on work yeah. and with your friends and you know there's people in argentina or that you know that lives in buenos aires that are boca juniors and river play fans and they refuse to wear anything on their body with their rival's color i mean uh, i saw a documentary uh, about uh, actually about the Super Classical final. And there was a guy who was a, a River, River Play fan. And he he's a businessman. Uh, I believe he was a lawyer of some sort. Okay. He refused to wear uh, a tie that was blue or yellow. He just, he, he, he wouldn't do it. He didn't have anything blue or yellow in his office or at, on him or in his home, anything. Because it's Booker, Booker colors, you know. 
it's it's like the major it's the biggest betrayal that you can have yeah. is wearing colors of your enemy and that's just i mean that's mind blowing you know mind blowing i saw something where yeah. this guy he was an undertaker and he was making yeah. coffins in the colors of yeah, the yeah, juniors yeah. yeah they have they even have uh, own cemeteries the clubs that they have for supporters if you're a booker fan you can buy a place in the booker cemetery mm-hmm. if you're a river plate fan you can buy a, a, a place at the river cemetery to be buried on the river plate cemetery along with other fans you know and people do that because it means so much to them you know it's it's so important for them not to be buried next to a a, a it's called like a, 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 an immortal enemy you know yeah. because you could you know it, it, would be, it would be the same thing as you and i you know yeah. you could be a fan of book i could be a fan of river plate mm. we could have a, a great tone right now you know just talking to each other but when it came down to it there were some things that we needed to avoid in terms of where to go what to eat mm. uh what to wear you know that's that's the lifestyle and living in in Argentina it's it's it sounds pretty sick it, yeah. it does you know it, it just it sounds it's to the point of it's too bizarre. extreme really it's bizarre but but that's, but that's the way it is, it is. Yeah. yeah yeah fuck we could do a whole podcast just on this rivalry man <laughs> yeah 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 i read somewhere that uh there's two places places in the world where you can find McDonald's uh the McDonald's logo is not red and, and yellow wow one is one is obviously in Buenos Aires right obviously yeah it's there's a, there's a couple of McDonald's in La Boca La Boca area yeah. where it has a blue and yellow McDonald's logo not the red and yellow because the river plate red is the river plate color the second one is actually in Turkey in Istanbul huh. because uh red and yellow that's the same color as uh, Galatasaray oh. So in the Fenerbahce district of uh, the Asian side of uh, Istanbul, you can find a McDonald's that has a blue and yellow, same as as in Buenos Aires. So that says a lot, you know. It's it's just it goes to show the severity of how much how this really means it, to people. It goes how deep it is. Yeah, but it's the same thing for me. I mean, I uh, when it comes to Super Classico, uh, no matter what. time and day it is i always watch it even though if i have to go to work the next yeah. day that's the one game i always watch in the middle of the night you know i found it i would find the most horrible stream if it if it was if it came that i i just have to watch the game it just there's so many it's just so much passionate feelings that needs to come out you know so i'm pretty pretty much just walking on eggshells the week before yeah. because i know that if we win the game it's going to be a good week for me personally yeah. you know none of my coworkers follow south american football other than what i tell them you know yeah. when I, i they ask me how do you play do or what what kind of team should i follow in south america i i gladly tell them but they don't have the same kind of passion for it as i do mm. when it comes to english football i have a lot of friends that you know some support liverpool some support manchester city some support manchester united it's the same banter you know it's it's the it's the friendly banter yeah. that goes with it but you know when it comes to river against boca that's a different story because it's just it has so much to say And that's just for me. I sit on a different side of the world. Yeah. Just imagine being part in in Buenos Aires. How much it has to say for those guys. So, uh Demi, who are your team legends? Uh the biggest uh my biggest idol would have to be the two players. You know, I, obviously I love I love Aymar, I love Saviola, but to me Andres Alessandro is the main reason. You know, he had, him and I we share the same name. first yeah, name yeah. and he he's just you know the technique that that kid had when he was playing you know it was just it was just subliminal and um 
Fernando Cavanaghi when he came back home. Fernando Cavanaghi, or Cavagol as we like to call him, he's been my, my football hero for many years. He's uh, He's been true and loyal to River Plate all the time, even though he's been playing abroad. He's always, he actually have a tattoo of uh, El Monumental on his forearm, so he takes River Plate with him wherever he goes. And he was the team captain last time we won uh, the league championship. So, uh, you know, it was great to see him come back home to Argentina and, and uh, playing for River Plate and becoming a top goal scorer and also winning the Copa Libertadores in his final year as a River Plate player. So, Fernando Cavanaghi and Andres D'Alessandro are probably my two biggest heroes of all time. Some, sometimes players are overlooked, right? Some players are overlooked yeah. or didn't get their due. Any Anyone's in particular for you? I think I would have to say Leonardo Poncio, which is our current team captain. First of all, he's a fantastic midfielder. You know, he, he, he does his job, doesn't make too much out of himself being on a pitch, but he, you can always rely on him. He never plays a bad game. Um, unfortunately, age and injuries has caught up to him in the past couple of years, but uh, he's still he's still going to go down as one of the biggest players in River Plate's history. And, uh, you know, he wasn't even... Uh, he didn't come up through the River Plate youth system. He came from New Us Old Boys in Rosario, but he's been loyal to River Plate ever since. And, uh, you know, he's been part of... Uh, an era that's been one of River Plate's greatest eras in the history of time. You know, a lot of people compare Gajardo's team to the legendary La Machina team back in the in the fifties and sixties. So, uh, and you know, Ponce has been he's been uh, the captain of that team. So, uh, I think he has not gotten the recognition that he necessarily deserves, but I don't think he minds that too much. I think he likes being a little bit in in the background, and you know, he, he's kind of like. He, He's, when he speaks, everybody listens, but he doesn't speak too often, you know. He's just like the, the perfect captain in every way. He leads uh, by perfect example. He's been the chief of the midfield, you know. He's been he's been an undisputed leader of this team. And, you know, I, I honestly believe that he could have been picked for Argentina by on a few occasions as well. Mm. But, you know, the, the standard for Argentine players is so high, but he definitely meets that standard. You know, he's, he's, uh, I think he's... His biggest problem is that Esteban Cambiaso, a former River Plate player, was so solid on the on international level that he never got the chance. And uh, you know, Cambiaso and Mascherano, they were the two guys that you know sort of like filled up the anchor role on midfield. And that's where Poncio has been uh, been exceptionally good for River Plate. He's been, you know, the ball winning midfielder and you know just the the kind of guy that does all the the garbage work if you can call it out on midfield. Yeah. You know, he came to us at a time where we really needed him, and you know, he's never looked back. And uh, I think most River Plate fans use him as you know a River Plate boy, so to speak. Even though right. he came from Newells and, and Rosario, everybody thinks of him as as a as a true River Plate player. So he definitely deserves every every bit of recognition he gets. Another name you put down was Jonathan Maidana. Yeah, Maidana. He he actually came up through the Booker. A youth system. Somebody never got uh, a chance at, at the first team. So Boca Juniors released him okay. and he came to River Plate. You know, from the time he got into the starting 11, he never looked back. He was just, yeah, he's, he's a big, he's a defender with a big D, you know, he's, he he just takes all the battles. It reminds me a lot of Yopstam. Okay. Uh, not the same class as Yopstam, obviously, but, you know, he's, he's the same kind of player. He's just relentless. He, he's a leader. He goes in and makes sure that, you know, he doesn't take any prisoners at all. And uh, he just, unfortunately for us, he decided to continue his career in Mexico. Mm. So he plays in Mexico now. But uh, 
He's still very highly regarded by the River Plate fans and he will always be a River Plate player to us no matter what. He extended his contract by a year? Yeah, it was it was a different reason. But one, one thing was that he he hadn't made their offers to go to Mexico at an earlier stage than he did. Hmm. Uh, but he wanted to stay put for two reasons. One, he wanted River Plate to get money for him when he left. He wouldn't leave for free uh, on a free transfer and also because he wanted to win trophies with River Plate one last time. And um, he did. It did both other things. So you know, uh, to, he went to Toluca in uh, in Mexico, and uh, you know he's at at the time and a place where he probably it was probably his last shot of being getting more money, getting more paid abroad, right. uh, because he, he he had already turned thirty, and they have much more money in Mexico than they do in in Argentine oh. uh, football. So for him, it was probably the last chance he had to to make a good decent contract. Someone of his caliber to put the club first. That says yeah. a lot about the guy. It does. And, you know, today, in terms of what Gajardo has been able to do since he came in, because he's pretty much had more or less the same squad. Hmm. And he's brought up players from, from the youth system whenever that's been needed. But he's pretty much kept the team together. And to do that in this day and age, it's just unheard of, really. Because yeah. Argentina, as a, as a country, they're in recession. And every team in Argentina, they depend on selling players in order to survive. Hmm. And, um, you know, he's kept the team together more or less every single year. That The players that have gone out the doors... He's always managed to replace them with, you know, mostly local talents, which is a good thing for us. What he's done in order to keep the team together has just been unbelievable. Any other team on the continent that has performed, if they perform the same way that River has for the past six years, they would have been dismantled maybe three or four times already, you know, because big European clubs would have been in line in purchasing, purchasing their players. So he's somebody who brings up a lot of youth. So that's what I want to talk about next. Young players you are looking forward to seeing more of. I think Julian Alvarez is one player that, um, you know, he's already made a, made a name for himself. Uh, actually, last night I tweeted that, um, I, saw that. I read an article uh, I read an article online saying that uh, Gonzalo Higuain, he wants to come back to River Plate and finish his career. Right. And uh, Juventus are uh, supposedly in talks with River in terms of exchanging Julian Alvarez. Mm for Gonzalo Higuain. And, uh, you know, as much as I love Gonzalo Higuain, I would love to see him back at River Plate. I think uh, the best thing for River would be to keep him and, you know, try to get money out of him because he's going to be worth a whole lot of money. He's a very talented young player and he's been, he's actually been scoring a few goals in the Copa Libertadores for the past few years. Uh, I think he can be the next big thing up front on the Argentine uh, national team and come, you know, 2022, 2024 and such. There's also a couple of, uh, of players in the back, like uh, uh, Gajardo's son, actually Noel Gajardo. He plays left back. He's, okay. you know, his father was a, uh, you know, typical number ten, okay. but uh, his uh, his oldest son he plays left back, and he's uh, he has yet to make the big step on the onto the senior stage and you know compete at River Plate for a place. But he's been on loan to different Argentine clubs, okay. and he's shown that he's got the he's got the level to to perform. But you know he needs to make sure that he can you know, take the level that he has and, and make it count on a on a level for River Plate as well. And that, you know, remains to be seen. But if he can do that, he can be a very good player. Also, we have a young midfielder called Christian Ferreira. Okay. He's, uh, in my mind, I think maybe he could have, uh, he could have played a little bit more because he's such a big talent. He's going to be, I believe he's going to be 22 this year. Um, 
but you know he's he's it's looked upon as more like the heir apparent to uh, to Leo Ponteo. Okay. He's a central midfielder with a big engine and he can run all day long. But he's also more technical than Leo Ponteo. He's uh, he's got good technical skills. So you know, there's uh, it remains to see if if he managed to take the next step. But if he does, he could very well be a big name for European football come you know a couple of years ahead. So uh, hopefully, those three will will manage to, to take the next step. When I left playing football when I was 27, I decided to one day become a coach. Mm. So I, I've taken different courses and such. So at the moment, I have the UEFA C license, oh. so I can coach in lower leagues if I want. And um, I became a coach for or assistant coach for my local team. At the time, we played in, uh, in the fourth tier of Norway, fourth division. Mm. It's not a, a domestic league. It's a regional league. Okay. And, um, What's the name of the team? Gude. Gude. It's from a very small pl- uh, place. You know, Gude, the island of Gude, is, it's, it's like 25 minutes into to the city center from here. We play games all over the muni- municipality here and uh, throughout the, the county of Møre uh, We actually managed to finish third we were on pace of actually winning the fourth division and going up to the third division at one point but uh we managed to screw that up uh, a little bit yeah. at the end of the season but we had a, a big bonus at the end which was playing a national qualifier for the uh, norwegian cup okay. which is a big thing in Norway. the cup in, in Norway is as it's always been a big thing okay, okay. so uh, when you're as far down in the division as we are we have to play uh, two games two qualifying games in order to go to the first round and you know we were the lowest seeded team and the first first thing we did in the first qualifying round round we managed to knock out one of our biggest rivals we won one nil at home and a very cold winter's day yeah. middle of february i believe it was we won one nil you know we knew uh, you know we would have a tough opponent no matter what in the second round we really didn't have any aspirations to to win at all but we managed to drew a team called uh, Strin which is in a different county, nonetheless. It's like two hours from here, okay. in a different county, and different part of Norway. It's further in the land. So in the middle of the week, in March, it was pretty cold. We chartered a bus and drove into Strin, and we came away with a 1-0 win. Wow. So we managed to qualify for the for first round, uh, which meant that we would face a big te- big name team at home. Okay. That's the biggest experience that I've had on a football field on a personal level, really, because it was just, we were complete underdogs. Nobody expected us to go and win two games, and we did. And, you know, when we won away, we had brought our fans with us in a different bus. So when we won one, it was like there were fireworks, our fans sent out fireworks, and they had flags, and they were singing, they had drums. It was just, you know, total chaos out on the field. And, you know, people were crying and it was just, it was just, you know, pure football joy, really. And uh, it was something special that, you know, I remember to the day I die because when you're part of a football team, you're part of a brotherhood and you go through ups and downs together. So to be part of that with those kind of players, even though I didn't play physically myself, I was on the sidelines, but it was just, uh, it was amazing. So that is the best memory that I have in terms of being part of it myself. I managed to get uh, my hands on a very special item, which is one of the kits that was um, it was printed up for the Copa Libertadores final in uh, 2018 with Boca Juniors, and it's uh, 
Juan Fernando Quintero's kit, actually. Yeah. So I have that hanging up. I don't, I don't, I don't store it away. I have to hang it up, you know. Yeah. But it, it hangs in my bedroom. So I really, I don't, I don't even use it, you know, because it's just, yeah. it's just too special. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Holy Grail. So um, that's um, one item that I, I cherish a lot. You know, there's probably some kits that I could do without in my shirt collection. It's okay if I don't have them anymore, but that one, I would never get rid of it. Amazing. How did you uh, manage to get it? Uh, I'd rather not say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit of a secret. We have to talk about that River Plate kit. That sash is unique, man. Yeah, La Banda Roja, the red band. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, It's actually, <laughs> it also plays into how uh, uh, River Plate got their uh, nickname okay. because at the early days, they used to have all white kits. Okay. And then uh, when they moved to Nunes, they started having the tricolor, okay. the, the one with the red, black, and white stripes on it. Okay. And then came the River Plate jersey with the red stash that, you know, being called Los Millionaires mm. or Los Millionarios, Back in the day when you were wearing tuxedo and a big top hat and stuff like that, you usually had a band across. Oh. And uh, I'm not sure if, if it plays from that. That I'm not particularly sure. I'm, I'm not going to say 100% uh, that that's where that's it comes from. You know, the thing was when Boca Juniors started to decide where what kind of kids they were, were mm. they pointed, the, the myth says that they pointed to the first ship that came into yeah. La Boca Harbor. Yeah. And that was a Swedish ship. So they took blue and yellow I've as that, yeah. their club colors. And they have the blue or the yellow across the chest. Right. So River wanted something similar. And something unique mm. and the red sash is unique so that's how it got to be thank you so much for being on Farway Fan I hope you had some fun yeah thank you for having me it was a great experience amazing thanks man Andres yeah best yeah it was real fun it was real fun I can't wait to hear the final result of this one take it easy you too alright bye bye speak to you soon thanks bye